Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I'm your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern day alchemist, and a transformational coach for entrepreneurs, businesses, leaders, and for those who want to break the cycle of convention and redefine success one step at a time. I am on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week we have thought leaders, change instigators and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life and your business. This week, I am super excited about our guest. We have the beautiful Christine Uteres. Christine is a Latina licensed psychotherapist, life coach, and expert in love, addiction, trauma, abuse, and self-esteem. From a fresh new voice in the women's empowerment space comes a raw, gutsy, and fearlessly inspiring book on soulful development for the modern woman. In I Am Diosa, a journey to healing deep, loving yourself, and coming back home to soul, Christine welcomes women to join her in healing the wounds from past hurt or trauma to reclaim their worth and come back home to their true self and soul. Diosa, the Spanish word for goddess, is anyone who honors the primal feminine energy in the world and within themselves. According to Christine, Diosas face obstacles in their lives but are always ready and willing to go to their core to reclaim their inner worth and self-esteem. They are the ones that rise from the ashes and dare to piece themselves back together bone by bone and soul piece by soul piece. I Am Diosa will inspire women to give themselves permission to feel, to be seen, to be heard and to return to their truest selves. Christine has also been featured in Time Out, New York, Latina Magazine, Ebony, Cosmopolitan, The Huffington Post, and the list goes on. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, today I'm excited about our guest. We have the beautiful Christine Gutierrez. I hope I did it right. How did I go? You did good. You did good. Christine Gutierrez. Gutierrez. <laughs> I cannot do just a beautiful accent and she's from all the way from Puerto Rico. So welcome to I Am Woman Project. So excited to be here. I'm glad that you are here too. And for our listeners, we were just uh, exchanging information, the fact that um, I cannot pronounce uh, Spanish words because of my French. I speak in my throat. And with the Spanish, they have this beautiful uh, way of speaking and uh, rolling their tongue when they speak, which I can't get that right yet. But one day, one day. One day, yes. And your husband can do it too. Yes. So that's good. 
True, true, <laughs> true, true. So we always love to start the show with asking our woman of inspiration her unique story. So Christine, tell us, what inspired you to do what you do today? I have always, since the time that I was a little girl, been drawn to alleviating suffering. And so since my earliest memories, I can remember feeling drawn to helping others. And I have this very specific memory of me living in Bushwick, Brooklyn at the time where I grew up and walking down the street with my mom and seeing homeless people and feeling so overwhelmed with sadness and wanting to go over and just speak to them and ask them their story and what happened to them. And my mom um, would let me and she always had like bananas in her pocket to give to homeless people. So I was able to like give the bananas to someone. And I just remember purposefully making eye contact with people that maybe were smelly on the trains or that didn't have a home because I wanted them to feel seen. I wanted them to feel heard. I wanted anyone that was marginalized to know that they mattered. And And so I always start with that because I believe that that was that kind of soul seed that was planted in me, maybe even before I was born and definitely in my childhood. And then I continued to follow that kind of inner call to help alleviate suffering, to ask people's stories, to to help hold space for people so that they can heal. Oh, that is so beautiful. That is gorgeous. And so the the book, I Am Diosa, how did that come about? Yeah, I mean, it's been a long journey. I work um, as a licensed therapist and as a healer. And what I do is I I combine ancient wisdom, different healing modalities like meditation and breath work and tantra and earth-based practices um, from my culture and, and, and just really things that have been in my blood and my bones for centuries and with modern therapy. And so for the past 10, 11 years, I've been actively working as a healer. And really, this book, I Am Diosa, came about from the body of work that I've been doing for the past um, 10 to 11 years, and really getting to work with people firsthand and seeing the benefits of combining this kind of ancient wisdom with modern therapy. I saw the results firsthand, and I could see these women's lives change. And I do this retreat uh, that is called the Diosa Retreat, and it's every year in Puerto Rico. Um, This year will be the ninth annual one. And we'll see when we do it because of COVID, but um, it is the ninth annual year. And what I say about that retreat is like a spiritual surgery. It's not a fluffy retreat. It's the kind of retreat where you go back in time and you look at your emotional wounds and you look at the traumas that have happened and really go to that very deep space within so that you can heal and kiss and love up each wound one by one until you come back home to your soul, until you come back home to your true self. And so it was as a result of all of that uh, work in person with people that I got to see, okay, this is what sticks. This is what works. And I really translated uh, all of that into this book. It really is like a guidebook. Oh, it's beautiful. So for our listeners that don't know, what is Tantra? Yeah, so Tantra is, you know, many people have this idea in the Western world that it's all about, you know, sex and it's just like about orgasms. But really, Tantra um, was mostly based in India and this it's more of a philosophy. And it's this idea that, you know, specifically in my path, which is the Sri Vidya path, and it's based 
based on Shaktiism, which is the feminine. And in this path, it's all about connecting to whatever's in the universe is, is also in the body. And so the macrocosm is also part of the micro and, and vice versa. And so the feminine and the masculine within ourselves and the, the idea that everything is this kind of beautiful uh, in and out, this sexual energy that runs through everything, but it goes beyond the traditional idea of sexual energy. And it is the life force energy of the universe. It is what makes up every single thing. It is what pollinates the plants. It is what happens as we inhale and exhale. There's an in and out to everything in life. And so it's this kind of primal energy that runs through everything. And so when we tap into that energy, we remember that we go beyond this kind of um, material realm and we become the bridge between the spirit world and our physical body. Mm, I've heard uh, people actually use uh, Tantra to manifest abundance in their life. How does one do that? What ex- what's the actual process? I think that for me, what I consider um, manifestation is something very different than, you know, I, I I'm not a big fan of like the law of attraction books or anything like that, but I do believe that when we activate our Shakti, when we activate this primal energy within our body, when we connect to our soul and our highest self, we're able to tap into a rhythm of our life that allows for things to come to us, right? And and we can use the word manifestation for that, but really this kind of activation of energy in the body heals you. And so what happens in in these kind of energetic practices, whether it be tantra or meditation or breath work, is that on a physiological level, you're changing your nervous system. You're reprogramming the old and refreshing it with the new energy that you build, this this kundalini energy or this um, breath work energy, whatever you want to call it, but you are literally recalibrating your nervous system. And when you do that, you open up, right? You open up all of those, all of the stuck energy that's inside your body. And what happens when you do that is that you become more clear. And what happens when you become more clear? Well, hopefully you can hear the whispers of your soul that tell you, go that way, do this thing, step into this purpose. And when we do that, we can align ourselves much easier with our highest soul's destiny with the destiny that's kind of stamped in us so that we can really live out our, our dreams. Mm, I love that. So for our listeners, what would be the process? So if they were interested to come to one of these retreats, what would they be expecting to uh, go through this process of maybe activating the Shakti? Well, first going to the shadows, going to the deepest, darkest, corners of their psyche and their inner emotional terrain. We would go on a a journey, a shamanic journey inward, um, going through the timeline of their life and kind of looking at the the dust, uh, the bones, the the memories that are stuffed in closets because they hurt too much. We would look at the places that, the the emotional wounds that are still bleeding, those places that we kind of run away from because they scare us too much. And really starting at that core and looking at what are the places that that need love still? What are the places within me that need to be nurtured still? 
in any work that I do, I always start at that core because in order for us to um, heal, we must look at what needs to be healed first. Absolutely. So when you're talking about going through the shadows, what's the process there? Is it a matter of looking at, is it a, is it a meditation? Is it a series of questions for them to actually tap into? Because shadow is quite deep and some people um, not even aware or can connect with their shadow until they actually do that inner inquiry um, to actually see how is the shadow um, calling them in or, or saying, hey, I'm over here. So what's your methodology? Yeah. So I always tell people that what I do goes beyond words. And so usually it has to be felt and experienced. And at the same time, what I would say to people is that we create a, a vortex of energy that allows for uh, you to move beyond this realm into spirit realm so that you can journey. So you would go on a journey um, and it's all experiential. You're moving through this journey and you're remembering things that maybe you've blocked and whether it be through a combination of this energy work meditation shamanic journeying there's a mixture of things that we do and then the community that's there just each person that comes to these retreat is someone that i speak to beforehand to make sure that they're fit and they are there kind of holding space and rooting each other on and it's really incredible what happens on these <laughs> on these retreats and and the energy that flows through uh, really is you know miraculous it's, it's something that I I never knew um, existed because actually at the time I started this you know when I first moved to Puerto Rico because I grew up in New York and the first retreat that I did it was almost like I downloaded what I was going to do in the retreat exactly from spirit because I had never gone to a retreat myself. I was clinically trained as a therapist and I was already deep into my spiritual path, but I had never gone to a retreat. I didn't know what that looked like. So I just connected to my soul and literally was guided into creating this, this experience for people. Mm, that is amazing. And that's what I think that's uh, what you've been put here to do when it just naturally comes uh, to you. You're, you're on your path. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's, what's beautiful about it is that it's like, you know, it's like a, this dance, right, where you kind of like, it, it, it has the science and it has the spirit. For me, they dance, you know, together. And what I love about um, the word psychology, it actually means the study of the soul. And I remember when I, when I learned that, I was like, wow, this, this makes sense because I always felt that there was something missing when I was uh, studying in my master's program, becoming a therapist. I felt like there was some warmth missing. I felt like there was some depth missing. And I was so happy when I found um, this kind of modality of this spiritual approach to therapy and incorporating meditation, breath work, um, deep inquiry, uh, shamanic journeying, and really community to really harness the power that people have within them. Because really what I do is I open up the space for people to tap into the power that they already have within them to kind of unlock those doors so they can hear the voice of their soul that's specific to them on their journey, whether it be that they want to leave a toxic relationship or whether it's that they want to start a new career path, but that they can have the space to look at the things that um, need to be healed and be able to open up 
the the kind of inner guidance system that they get connected to, plugged into, and then can can use it as their compass in life. Mm, I love that. Mm-hmm. I've not heard uh, psychology as the study of the soul, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It really yeah. does. So, talk us through what is this sa- shamanic uh, journey? What is your question? What is what is shamanic journeying? What exactly is is that is that like a ritual? Is it do you work with crystals? Do you work with elements? Do you work with um, you know uh, feathers? I mean, what is it? No. So for 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 me, and I think it's very different for everyone. But for me, what it what a shaman traditionally does, right, is they stand as a medium between the physical realm and and the spiritual realm. They're kind of like a bridge. And so the way I like to describe it is in in psychology, when someone goes through a traumatizing event, let's say, they talk about disassociation, right? Where it's the disconnect from the self as a result of the traumatizing event. And people go into a state of fight or flight or freeze, right? Mm -hmm. And so in shamanism, they already had the information on this prior to what we would call quote unquote modern therapy, right? And the, the wisdom was that the soul had disconnected from the body and they needed to bring the soul back into the body to reclaim those lost parts. And so much of the work in um, shamanism or in journeying is to reclaim the lost parts of the psyche and the soul. Wow. How do you do that? Um, You would have to come to a retreat and and feel it. Right. You know, you would have to feel it. And there there is a there is a energy that kind of fills the room there's there's a breath work there's a prayer and really it it is a gift right like it's a spiritual gift to be able to to do this and to be able to to kind of be like the hands and feet of the divine i like to say right like i'm being used as a vessel so that i can hold space for that healing and facilitate that that connection and um that meditative process for someone that's new to this is a really great way to see it where it's kind of like a deep, deep, deep meditation. Mm. And so with our listeners and the the book, uh, A Journey to Healing Deep, Loving Yourself and Coming Back Home to Soul, it's the, is this a a book where there's some um, how-tos for our readers? Oh yeah. Every single, I joke that like, this is not an easy book, but it's the kind of book that's worth it. And it might take you time to do, but it will allow you to really clear up those blocks that you're having in your life, right? Those triggers, those emotional wounds. And every single chapter has what I call soul work. So it gives you the opportunity to, you know, I highly recommend getting a journal and writing out um, the answers to those prompts it has activities it has prayers it has meditations it's full of tools to use and like I tell everyone you take the ones you love and you leave the rest (laughs) you pick what resonates with your soul but it is a book that's jam-packed with tools oh beautiful that's awesome so Christine through your adventurous journey what has been a greatest lesson that you have learned thus far I love that question um I think that my soul has always been there and has always been kind of like that light amidst the chaos, amidst the darkness. There was always that piece of me that 
was rooting for my higher self. You know, like there were so many moments in, in my path where, you know, I was numbing myself, where I was just completely acting out of my pain, out of my childhood trauma, um, and just living completely disconnected. But there was still that part of me that was rooting for me. And I think that that's important because especially for listeners that are going through something rough or they're thinking, you know, how do I get there? Um, pay attention to that small but strong and wise part of you that's telling you, you can, you can do this. There's something, there's a change that needs to be made. There's something that needs to shift because it's that part of you that knows, that wise part of you that's always guiding you towards the good. Mm, that's beautiful. And the other thing, Kristen, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration is about pain points. We believe that we all have pain points. What would be a pain point for you or some pain points, whether it's in your business or in life? And how do you work through a solution? How do you break through your pain points? I think for me in my business, I've been blessed in the sense that my that area has been always clear for me. Right. But I believe that we all have one area that's kind of like our sore point. And as you would say, right, that pain point for me, it's always been love, relationships and the feeling of unworthiness. I would say that there's a deep feeling of abandonment. And I talk about that in my book as well, because, you know, part of my work is that I teach at a sisterhood level. I just share kind of what's going on within me. And, you know, that wound has taken the shape of so many different forms and I'm glad and, you know, of where I am today and proud of myself for how far I've come, but I see it rear its ugly little head. And for me, a major practice is therapy. Um, I'm also sober. So I love my AA meetings and having community um, where I have women that I can share authentically with the good, the bad, the ugly, and they hold space for me and they let me break down. They let me share my heart. They don't judge me. And I think that that's so important, especially as a leader in this field is to not ever feel like I can't be a human because I'm a person. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing. And I think self-worth is one of those common things that creeps up for a lot, especially women, a, a lot oh. of us. And I guess what's your trick when it, you know, pops its little head up? I mean, for me, it's not really like it's, it's, and I share this in the book too, it's consistent practices that might shift throughout time, right? But for me, my core go-tos is, first of all, living a life of service, because when I'm helping others, I'm outside of myself. I'm, you know, I'm allowing myself to remember that I'm strong, that I'm powerful, that we're connected. And there's something that I love about um, the 12-step programs that they say when you're feeling, you know, helpless, help someone, right? Be, be someone that can be of service. And so for me, a big practice is being of service to people, being in like this humble, grounded mode of how can I help? Because when I'm in that place, I'm, I'm helping myself too. Mm, I love that. And I'm, I'm very, I can relate to that. I just remember, as you were saying that, I remember a little while ago, I think it was probably a couple of years ago, uh, another guest we had on the show and um, we were saying how sometimes we can be over giving and be over of, you know, um, focused on others that oh, yeah. we are 
we we don't invest that time on self and and the question she asked me is what are you avoiding actually looking into what are you avoiding not working with which was really interesting so because I find that really easy for me to help others that's just my go-to place is like the the harder part yeah I think that you know what changed for me was my uh my sobriety because in my sobriety it was an equal balance of I show up for myself and I show up for others there wasn't an overgiving or an undergiving. It was like this, this practice of I have to show up for myself and simultaneously show up for others. So I really do try to practice that no matter what, that I'm making sure that I'm taking time for myself because the more we give to others, the more we have to give to ourselves so that we can be a strong container. I think especially right now with so many things happening with racial injustice, with just the world being the way it is right now. And I think how, how it always has been, but the veils are falling. And so we're being faced with this and with social media, it's more apparent, right? Mm. And so really filling up our cups as much as we can, right? And sometimes that might look more in depth. And sometimes that might look like just taking a couple of deep breaths in the shower, but definitely taking a moment to do something that allows you to, to, to get support, especially as strong, powerful women and leaders, we need support. Mm, absolutely. So, Christine, I'm curious. Take us through a day in the life with Christine. What does your day look like? Um, right now, it's pretty crazy because we're getting a new roof. <laughs> we bought a house in in the mountains in Puerto Rico, so we are wiggling around from the living room to the downstairs to the upstairs. So it's a little crazy right now, I'm going to be honest. But um, usually what it looks like is a cup of coffee with some yummy vanilla creamer, which sounds simple, but it's such a big part of my ritual. I love to look at, I only follow accounts that um, inspire me, that light me up. And that's part of my practice is like looking at inspiring content. And it's kind of like my modern day magazine, (laughs) And I go downstairs, I take my little pup, have him go on his little walk, feed him, make a little yummy breakfast for us. Right now we're, we're buying breakfast and from our local little uh, bakery and really just sitting down, connecting, taking a moment to write out what I have to do for the day, looking at my calendar that my assistant sets up for me so that I know how to plan and organize my day, take a shower, brush my teeth put on something cute, throw on a little dress, something simple, nothing fancy, especially now that we're home all the time. But just like getting out of PJs and into something is is a practice that I have. And then writing everything out. I'm a big fan of old school pen and paper and writing down my goals, writing down my intentions. I, I really believe that when you write things down, there's more probability that you're going to bring it to life. And so that's, I, I don't know if it's a part of my, manifestation process but it's definitely worked for me so I do that pretty consistently and then I every day looks different you know right now I'm gearing up for the launch of the book so it's a lot of podcasts and interviews and um you know I'll take breaks and I'll watch a little show with my husband and then we cook and you know have some people over working on the house so it it ranges but I'm always doing a mixture of of house things, uh, work things, and self-care things. <laughs> Beautiful balance. How long did it take you to actually write the book? 
the whole process, because it starts before you get, uh, if you're going to go through a, like a major publishing house, you have to write a book proposal. You don't have to write the whole book first. You have to write the book proposal, which includes a writing sample, and then have to get an agent, um, a book agent. So that whole process took about two years and finishing a really strong book proposal and then um, an extra year writing the book. So in total, it took around three years. Wow, that's amazing. It, it, it can, I mean, I, my, my first book took me three years, but three years of uh, just lockdown and just um, I think procrastinating was one of them. I yeah. think it was uh, getting in my own way was another one. And I, there was so many times I had to just walk away and just, just, just give it up for a moment and then get back to it. So it took me forever uh, to yeah. write mine. Mm. It's part of it too. I think like I, at least for me, I've always been that kind of person. Like I, I call myself a binge writer. I'm not someone that can write little bits every day. I need to be in the flow and be inspired. And then I'll just write a lot and then get back to it. And so noticing what was my style of writing and just trusting and flowing with that was really important too, instead of pressuring myself into being like a certain way or writing every day. Cause I knew that that wasn't going to work for me. And how did you map out your chapters? Everyone does it differently. So some people do do storyboarding, some people start from the, the, the back of the book and the middle of the book. What was your way of uh, getting this book to, uh, together? I really just prayed and I meditated. I connected to my ancestors I did a, a journey where I got to connect to my guides that kind of gave me uh, the, the, the messages that I needed or like what I was going to, what my purpose was in writing this book. And one of the messages that I got was you're going to help people to see their patterns, that you're a pattern keeper and you help people to understand their patterns and, and change their patterns. And so that was, huge for me. And I got that, you know, doing a meditative journey. And so from that space, when I was writing the book proposal, I did the outline just from start to finish. Like, this is what, this is what I see each chapter being about. And then somewhere halfway in between writing the book, I added and edited certain things that I thought would be better there, or that I got a creative inspiration to add last minute, but it, it kind of came in order. And I did that in the book proposal before writing the book. Like I had the bones of the book already. Mm, love it, love it. So, Christine, as we start to wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you, my dearest? Worthy. Mm, I love that. And the last question that we always love to ask is uh, – what are three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners? So this could be three practical exercises for our audience. Well, first, I'm going to say the thing that I tell all my clients that they all love, which is you are doing a great job, baby girl. You're doing a great job. And barring that and repeating it to yourself that you're doing a great job and developing that inner dialogue to really learn to nurture your inner child and so just whispering you're doing a great job baby girl or baby boy or baby human whatever you prefer mm -hmm. but that's the point and the second thing I would say is to take a moment to write down what the most glorious happy abundant um, trusting 
healthy, whole version of yourself would want. And just give yourself the space to dream and to envision because we can't create what we don't dream. And so action steps come from first envisioning and tapping into what it is you want to to create in your life, what it is you want to change. And then the last thing would be to take one small action step that would bring you closer to becoming that person. Oh, I love all three. I could relate to them very much. So thank you so, so very much. So Christine, where's the best place for our listeners to find you? You can find all about me on my website, christineg.tv. And I love Instagram. So you can follow me there at Cosmic Christine. And my book, I Am Diosa, is available wherever books are sold. Christine, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing your wealth of wisdom and for your time and energy. Thank you so, so very much. Thank you so much. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. Hit the subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplanner.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Until next week, wishing you a fabulous day.